Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the October 20th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 2387 through 2391 of the Catechism. Of other offences against the dignity of marriage, 2387. The predicament of a man who, desiring to convert to the gospel, is obliged to repudiate one or more wives with whom he has shared years of conjugal life is understandable. However, polygamy is not in accord with the moral law. Conjugal communion is radically contradicted by polygamy. This, in fact, directly negates the plan of God, which was revealed from the beginning, because it is contrary to the equal personal dignity of men and women who in matrimony give themselves with a love that is total and therefore unique and exclusive. The Christian who has previously lived in polygamy has a grave duty in justice to honour the obligations contracted in regard to his former wives and his children. 2388. Incest denigates intimate relations between relatives or in-laws within a degree that prohibits marriage between them. St. Paul stigmatises this especially grave offence. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you, for a man is living with his father's wife. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you are to to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Incest corrupts family relationships and marks a regression towards animality. 2389. Connected to incest is any sexual abuse perpetrated by adults and children or adolescents entrusted to their care. The offence is compounded by the scandalous harm done to the physical and moral integrity of the young who will remain scarred by it all their lives and the violation of responsibility for their upbringing. 2390. If a so-called free union, a man and a woman refuse to give juridical and public form to a liaison involving sexual intimacy. The expression free union is fallacious. Who can union, what can union mean when the partners make no commitment to one another, each exhibiting a lack of trust in the other, in himself or in the future? The expression covers a number of different situations. Concubinage, rejection of marriage as such, or inability to make long-term commitments, all these situations offend against the dignity of marriage, they destroy the very idea of the family, they weaken the sense of fidelity, they are contrary to the moral law, the sexual act must take place exclusively within marriage, outside of marriage it always constitutes a grave sin and excludes one from sacramental communion. 2391. Some today claim a right to a trial marriage, where there is an intention of getting married later. However, firm purpose of those who engage in premature sexual relations may be, the fact is that such liaisons can can scarcely ensure mutual sincerity and fidelity in a relationship between a man and a woman, nor especially can they protect it from inconstancy of desires or whim. Carnal union is morally legitimate only when a definite community of life between a man and a woman has been established. Human love does not tolerate trial marriages. It demands a total and definitive gift of persons to one another. Okay, so we're finishing the section on the uh, the Sixth Commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery. 
And here we're looking at other offences against marriage. And uh, the first one is polygamy, for um, uh, a man to have many wives or a wife to have many husbands. So polygamy is something that is there in, in particular cultures. Um, we think of it in particular countries, but to be all to be honest, also in many of the the Western countries, there's serial polygamy that people can have multiple uh, partners, and um, sometimes it's not that uncommon for people to have children with different spouses to have, and even to have different relationships going at the same time. And the Catechism is saying that obviously this is wrong, and that if somebody converts to Christianity they need to settle on one partner, one husband or one wife. And a man can't have multiple wives and a woman can't have multiple husbands. But if somebody converts and they still owe something to somebody, having lived with them for uh, for maybe many years, having children with them, they're still obliged to take care of them. They're still obliged to look after them. But if they become Christian, they can only have one spouse. And then, obviously, incest, uh, to have um, sexual relations with a re- relative, is uh, totally forbidden by the, uh, by the Christian um, morality. That is something that Christian morality is totally against. Again, against it like anything else it's against, because the experience of Christianity has shown that these relations lead to death, to frustration, to um, to bitterness, really, to death. And this is why the church is against them, not that the church is somehow or other um, thinks herself better or something like that. It's simply that the church has experienced that this, these types of relationships are uh, relationships that are, um, that are ultimately a frustration. And um, again, there should be no abuse. Abuse is something the church is ultimately against. Not that there have never been cases of abuse, but when abuse happens, it is a grave sin. And it needs to be called out and it needs to be fought against. Unfortunately, within the clergy, there has been uh, many cases of abuse come to light over the past few decades. And, uh, well, it's good, I suppose, that it comes to light, but it's not good that it happened in the first place. And then also there have been many, many, many cases of abuse taking place within families or between friends, etc. And these are something that the church has to fight against, like society has to fight against it. And um, to say that this is wrong uh, because it harms people. It harms those who are abused for life and it also harms the abuser. And so then it goes on to to cover other cases like... uh, free unions when people are going for a trial marriage saying we live together for a few years and then if it works out we'll get married the church is against that because it's impossible to give yourself fully while you're just saying well I'm experimenting and I see if it's good I'll stay and if it's not good I won't stay then you can't give yourself fully and in order to give yourself fully you have to um, make that commitment that Christian commitment to have eternal uh, an eternal bond with that person that is, again, uh, till death to your part, exclusive, that there's not possible to have multiple sexual partners, and open to life, that they're the three requirements of marriage. And the church wants to promote these so that people can be happy, so that people can be fulfilled, so that people can be well. And the church's experience is that in, or- in order to be well, 
you need to um, to, to give yourself fully. Not to be uh, sleeping around, not to be going from relationship to relationship, but truly to sacrifice yourself with the grace of Christ for somebody else. And those who are called to marriage are called to give themselves totally to their spouse, to manifest the love of Christ for his church, which is this total self-giving. And in order to manifest and imitate this love of Christ, we need to have a perfect human love, which is impossible by our human efforts, but for God all things are possible. So very well. So we'll just finish out this section with the in brief. 2392. Love is the fundamental and innate vocation of every human being. 2393. By creating the human being, man and woman, God gives personal dignity equally to the one and to the other. Each of them, man and woman, should acknowledge and accept his sexual identity. 2394. Christ is the model of chastity. Every baptised person is called to lead a chaste life, each according to his particular state of life. 2395. Chastity means the integration of sexuality within the person. It includes an apprenticeship in self-mastery. 2396. Among the sins gravely contrary to chastity are masturbation, fornication, pornography and homosexual practices. 2397. The covenant which spouses have freely entered into entails faithful love. It imposes on them their obligation to keep their marriage indissoluble. 2398. Fecundity is a good, a gift and an end of marriage. By giving life, spouses participate in God's fatherhood. 2399. The regulation of births represents one of the aspects of responsible fatherhood and motherhood. Legitimate intentions on the part of the spouses do not justify recourse to morally unacceptable means, for example, direct sterilization or contraception. 2400. Adultery, divorce, polygamy and free union are grave offences against the dignity of marriage. Okay, very well. We'll continue tomorrow. And tomorrow we'll look at 2401 through 2406. God bless.